Thank you for tuning in to Conversations with KC, a segment brought to you by the Keeping It Real with KC podcast. Here, the conversations are raw and casual with people from a plethora of backgrounds and your favorite host, KC Phoenix. Okay, here we are. This is the very first episode of Conversations with KC. And I have Carissa on the phone with me <laughs> doing this conversation. And Carissa, you, I could say what you do, but I would rather you say what you do. Well, thank you. And I just want to say I'm super excited to be here for the first conversations with Casey because I know this is going to, like, take off for you, and you're going to be talking to all kinds of people, and I'm going to be able to be like, I was the first one you talked to. <laughs> <laughs> But I am Carissa Montes. I'm a love coach, and I'm a sixth-generation energy healer. And what I do is I help successful women heal their hearts and attract commitment-minded partners without self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. Ooh. Hey, I know a lot of... Right? Okay. Yeah, I, 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 um, I just received a text from somebody who self-sabotages, but these are minor details. <laughs> um. And did they ask you? Did they ask you for your advice on a situation where they had already done what they wanted to do, even though they knew that wasn't the thing for them to really do? <laughs> yeah, I get that from people sometimes as well. It's like, okay, I, I'm always. And the crazy thing is, you know, and it's. I guess it's kind of serendipitous that this conversation is happening because I'm officially doing the love tarot card readings pretty soon. Oh, yay! Yeah, that that are specifically for love readings. And one thing I've noticed is that love tarot card readings are very popular with people because love seems to be popular with people. But when it comes to love, another thing I'm noticing is that people – have had, and, and this is just me, you know, from my experiences dealing with people, they've dealt with someone who loved them and someone who they may have loved, but they didn't realize it because they didn't love themselves. So they weren't able yes. to recognize it. Yes, that happens so, so often. And then um, the other thing that happens is that sometimes they don't recognize it because that person is loving them like uh, in a way that feels like love to the the lover, but not the lovey. Mm. You know what I mean? You, so it'll be like, it, it's kind of like with the love language. It's like, oh, I'll give you an example. Like my husband is all about doing things for me. And I am all about words. Like I want you to tell me how special I am to you. And I, and I need you to be like, give me specific examples. I don't want you to just be like, I think you're wonderful. I want you to be like, why do you think I'm wonderful? You're like, why am I, why am I special to you? <laughs> you know, and, my husband and, will be like, what, what are you saying? No, I was going to say, in other words, you want the receipts. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and my husband will be like, I took your car and got the brakes fixed. And I'll be like, that's really sweet, honey. Thank you. And for a while, it took me, it, it took me a while. We've been married almost 20 years now, but it took me a while to get that that was him loving me. Wow. Was like him doing these things for me to keep me safe. And it took him a while to get, oh, I need to actually say it to her 
and to get into like a habit like now he'll text me every day and be like I love you you're so special to me you know and um we we had to learn that each, that we each had a different love language that and see that's the thing Re- recognizing the language because if one person is speaking french and the other person is speaking I'll say german <laughs> <laughs> then you, you might be able to piece some things here and there, but right. more than likely you're not you're not going to be able to co- uh, communicate effectively with each other. You're going to have some train wrecks, and or you're going to wear yourself out trying to act things out for each other because <laughs> you, you can't find the right words that mean the same thing to both of you. And I I see that a lot, but the bigger thing that I see is like it's closer to what you were touching on first, which is when you were saying people can't receive love when they don't love themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I see that a lot. And the other thing that I see is people not being able to receive love because um, they have wounds from the past that haven't healed or they have an attachment still in energy to an ex that they haven't released or they have some kind of a specific limiting belief that has to be cleared out of their energy, and it's so strong in their mind, it feels like it's a law in their lives. Like, it feels like it's real. Like, um, for a lot of the women that I work with, one of the beliefs that I see that comes up in them a lot is, like, I'm too old for love, or I'm too fat for love, I've got to lose weight before I can date, or a lot of my clients are really, like, um, successful and they're in entertainment and things like that and one of the things that they believe really really strongly which is like sometimes it's way harder to work with (laughs) really driven uh really successful women um in some ways because they the thing that's hard like you don't make love happen you make it welcome but they're really used to hustling to make everything in their lives happen so it's hard for me to get them to, like, slow down and and um, be able to receive and to clear things at an energetic level. What they want to do is they want me to tell them, like, which dating app should I be on? You know, how should I word it? What should I say? Where should I go? Where are these people? And I'm like, no, 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 this is about changes that have to get made in your energy first. This is about um, part of it is about self-love. Part of it is about clearing out all these energetic attachments to the past. Part of it is about having a really clear vision of what you do want to attract into your life. You know, so there are a lot of things that happen in energy. Well, one thing that I will say, in, in with people who are successful, successful people, and my mother is one of these people, where mm-hmm. she would always say to me, don't bring me a problem unless you bring mm-hmm. me a solution. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and they have that <laughs> mindset. So they're looking at it, okay, well, I don't have love, so that's the problem. So, so the solution would be... Yeah. Right, so I need to do, go to this app, or I need to do this, or I need to do that. That's They're in that mindset of solving the problem. Yes, they are solution-focused. But the problem is a lot of the, the kinds of blocks that they have energetically are at um, – they a lot of it is like um, they have a very intense belief that their intellect can resolve all of their problems. But things that occur in energy – like wounds from the past or attachments to an ex, those are energetic issues. They're not intellectual issues. They're not imagining that they have an attachment to their ex, and it's not a, a thing where they have to switch their mindset. It's an energetic, um, actual en- energetic structure that exists between them and the ex that needs to be cleared out. So a lot of times 
I mean, I the vast majority of my clients are really successful, really driven women, and we usually come to a point where um, they they really put so much trust in me, which I feel so honored about, because they come to a point where I'm telling them something that is going to feel so counterintuitive to them. Like mm-hmm. if I'm telling them, get off the dating apps, they're like, what? That means I'm going to die alone. If I don't get <laughs> the dating app, I'm going to die alone. I'm like, I promise you that's not going to happen. I promise you. You know, they're like, but then it feels like I'm doing something. If I'm on the dating app, it feels like I'm doing something. And I'm like, yes, love, but the thing about it is you're bringing the same energy to the dating app as you are in person, as you are everywhere, because your energy is your energy is your energy. And if we don't resolve what's going on there first, it, you're not going to get a different result. You're just going to be spinning and feel like you're busy. But the thing about it is, like, um, the more advanced your mind is, the more confidence you put in your mind to solve your problems. But it can't resolve problems that are energetic problems. You can't, like, think your way out of um, healing from your ex. You know what I mean? Like, those aren't, aren't – that's not something that um, that you can just go do a bunch of affirmations and now you're like, I'm fine and I don't feel anything from my ex anymore. You know, it's like it doesn't happen at the conscious level. It's happening at a, at a deep, unconscious, spiritual, energetic level. And so those are the kind of tools – that we need to use to actually address it. Wow. Okay. That's very interesting. And also, one thing I have to ask, too, is when you went into this, because clearly you've been doing this for a a while, you have degrees and so forth, (laughs) to my understanding with psychology and certifications and many of the other things that I as a podcast host, do not have. I just have my life experiences. And you have your amazing intuitive gifts to be able to give people guidance, which is like can be very healing on its own. So, yeah. Well, with, with the intuition thing, it's, it's more of, and I learned, I've learned how to control it a little bit more, but I'm, I'm still, you know how things just come to you sometimes. Which yes. Everyone is intuitive on some level, and I, I guess the question would be, did you feel something on some level where you were like, you know what, I want to work with people. I want to heal relationships. I want to bring love into people's lives. Or was it just something you fell into? Well, I'm a sixth-generation healer, so that goes, like, to my great-great-grandmother. It goes back to her. And so women in my family were always um, spiritually awake, um, going back, back, back generations, you know, like um, founding ancestral churches and stuff in in Ohio and being um, herbalists and midwives and all of these kinds of things. So I have, um, family-wise, I have a spiritual legacy or uh, a healing legacy. But what I wanted to do is, like, if you grow up and people, you know, your your <laughs> your grandma and your mom are like that, you don't always see it as, like, a... Um, a blessing and like a unique part of your legacy that you need to be proud of. You you are like everybody's going to think we're weird. <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's happened. To, and you know what throws me off with that, especially with people who are with certain, I guess you could say religions. It, when you dive into Christianity and things of that nature, 
One thing that I noticed is that communication was done through the prophets. The prophets didn't just wake up one day and was like, oh, I have something. It was a communication that they received from the divine. Right. So they were used to communicate something in from, I guess, a certain, I would say, working dealing with a certain group of people. Sometimes they're like, oh, well, no, that isn't of this world and things of that nature. I'm like, okay, well, what about the prophets in the Bible and right. everyone that was you? That, obviously, there had to be something there for those messages to be communicated. So right. that's why. And, I, and if no one had believed them then their messages wouldn't have been helpful. If everyone had looked at them and gone, well, but that's not the way I'm used to receiving messages or that's not the way I'm used to connecting with the divine, then their wisdom would have been lost. So, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, but <laughs> with yours, you still decided to take that path because we all have free will. And even yeah. though your family, they've been healers. You still could have been like, oh, this isn't for me. I think I want to go work on, oh, you know, Wall oh, Street or something like that. <laughs> I did, Casey. I did. I did try to not – I tried to to um, go a different path. I, I thought – I called myself trying to be more, like, um, choosing a career path that was more legit, right? So, like, I got my bachelor's degree in psychology, got my master's degree in counseling, and I went into I, – I was – I wrote a book about um, how to connect your values with your career choices. I was going to go academic, right, because I was like, academics are respected, and, you know, that's a different thing, right? So, but what happened was I was teaching this course at a school, at a community college that was about, um, it was about basically what my book was based on. So it was about, like, connecting careers uh, that with you that match your values, right? So it was like this personality type likes this kind of career. This personality type likes that kind of career because personality psychology has always fascinated me, like what motivates people to do what they do. And what I would find is that after class, I would have a whole line of young women who were coming up to me saying, okay, personality-wise, I think I'm this personality and my boyfriend is this personality. So how do you think, like, how can we, how can I talk to him about this or that? Or, like, how can we move our relationship along? Or how can we get over this problem? And it was like, they want to talk about love. Like, they can figure out career. They can figure out money. They can figure out, like, how to use their gifts in the world. But what is pressing and, and like, most important to them is love. And I was like, I can't serve them. I know what will help them. I know what will help them. I know what will help them. And I can't do it in this environment. So I'm going to have to, like, I started out kind of having it be my side thing that I was doing. And then once um, the... I had pretty much established my, my coaching and healing practice, then I was able to leave um, the counseling side of things. And that was when things sort of just really took off for me. I was working, and even then I was kind of tiptoeing into the healer side of it because I was worried that people were going to think that that was weird, and I was approaching it more from a coaching perspective. And I remember I had a client who was so um, still so attached to an ex, and I knew that we needed to, to cut the cord to her ex and energy. And I just asked her, I know this is going to sound strange, but there's this energetic thing that we need to do that's going to help you be free from this ex and not have these constant thoughts about him. And it's going to help you move forward so that there's not pulling and tugging of, of emotion between the two of you on a deep energetic kind of subconscious level. Would you be willing to trust me to do this with me? And she was like, yes, let's do it. And we did it. And she came back the next week, and she was like, I don't know what you did last week, but we need to do that, like, every week. 
and she was telling me about everything that had changed in the last two weeks since we had talked. She she was um, she is Canadian. She's a, a black Canadian woman, and she was looking for a, a black partner. And mm-hmm. she felt like she had this belief that all the black men in Canada. Uh, the, the first, she was like, "There aren't any black men in Canada." And I'm like, "Love, there are black, <laughs> men. black men are everywhere." <laughs> Like, we as a people are all over the world, <laughs> you know? Like, you might not be seeing them, but <laughs> they're there, I promise you. You know, and then she was like, okay, well, I've seen some, but they only want white women. And I was like, okay, well, that's a, a belief. Like, you're bringing that to that um, filter, and so that's what's manifesting for you, right? So we Correct. <laughs> like, that's all you're seeing. You know, you told your reticular activating system, this is what to look for and only notice when you see this thing. And so that's what it was doing. So with her, you know, we did uh, the deeper energy work and she ended up, first she manifested this trip from where she lived in Canada to um, New York. And she wasn't expecting to be able to go, but she went to New York. And this was like a couple of years ago. So she was able to, you know, was the New York, the pre-pandemic New York, right? And she right. was in, like, when it was fun and you could do things and you weren't afraid that when you talk to somebody, you might die, you know. She was like, so she was in a, an art gallery and, like, two men approached her, two black men approached her and were just, like, so charming and so attractive. And she was just like, wow. And then the next day she was approached by another one and she was just like, wow. So it changed it it changed her set point so she was like okay now i believe that there are black men in the world who are i i can see them now so then she went back home and then there was this group that she was in she was in like a toastmasters kind of group where they practice you know making um public speaking and stuff like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she i'm like you know the toastmasters really like practice what is it that they practice oh right toast (laughs) <laughs> no, my God. One of my God sisters is in Toastmasters, so that's how I knew. <laughs> I know, and it's like if you are in that, you it's a great it's a great organization for meeting people, and it's like it does help you be more, much more comfortable. And um, so she was in Toastmasters, and she she met a man in Toastmasters, and one of the things I have my clients do is I have them write a love list because it gives them really crystal clear clarity about what they want to bring in. And it helps me see where their blocks are. Because if they say something like, um, I want someone who has a really strong work ethic and is really happy to provide financially for me and my kids, and then they manifest someone who works all the time and never has time for them, then I know that, okay, here there's a disconnect here and there's a belief we need to heal. And the belief is that you can't be financially abundant on your own. And the belief is also that you believe that you always have to trade hours for dollars. So you're manifesting someone else with that same belief, you know, who's um, working around the clock so you never get to see him because that's how he thinks abundance can come in his life. So we need to clear your belief that that's all that's possible for you in order to bring someone else into your life. And so the love list is one of the ways that I can see them do that. And plus it addresses all the four areas of compatibility that are like, if you don't have these, you know, it's, those are the things that people um, divorce over. So it's like even if there's an initial attraction, you're not manifesting a sustainable relationship without these four different areas. So well, I, with, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'll, 
I'm gonna put a I'm gonna write love list with a star next to it so that we can come back to what you were gonna ask too. Um, so because <laughs> I'm like I know that I talk about eighty different things, so I'm like, Casey wants to ask a question about the love list. Come back to that. So um, <laughs> if we were like having lunch, <laughs> it would be like a three hour lunch. <laughs> I'd be asking you a bunch of stuff, and, you know, I'd be telling you a bunch of stuff about, like, what I do. We would just be talking, like, the whole time. Both of us would just be nonstop talking for, like, three hours. But, um, so, with this particular client, you know, she had done her love list, and when she was, she, when she went to her next Toastmasters meeting, she met someone, and he was a black man, and he, they were friendly, and they hit it off, and it's like, this is one of the big things that I see when we do the energetic work, is that the person is usually in your life and you don't, you just don't believe it and you just can't see them. But what ends up happening is like it's somebody that you knew from um, before and then they show up in your life in a new way or it's somebody who's in your life right now and they show up in your life in a new way or it's somebody that, that a mutual friend or a relative is going, already knows and is going to introduce you to as soon as the energy clears up. So it's like, those are the three ways I always see the soulmates come into people's lives. But so with this particular person, like, after she did the energy work, now she could see him. He had been at her Toastmasters meetings the whole time, right? So mm-hmm. he asked her, after she'd done that, he asked her, uh, he, she did, uh, uh, one of her toasts was about how, or one of her uh, speeches was about how she was repainting her house. So he offered to come help her repaint her, um, her house. Oh, so they have this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. And she was like, um, yes. <laughs> so we came, and they just like painted and ate Chinese food and talked about like their their goals for the future and their hobbies, and it was just like this amazing date. And by the end of it, she emailed me and she's like, Carissa, he meets every single thing on my love list, even the things that I would have been willing to, like, give up for the right person. He meets those things, too. And I was like, that's what happens when you clear out your energy before you worry about, like, going to date. Like, people were, people are always wanting to know, like, what's the best dating app? And I always want to remind people, like, people were meeting and falling in love way before technology existed. It's like, it's, it's not necessary to be on a dating app and, Sometimes that's the limiting belief that makes people, um, they believe so much in the dating app, they don't believe in their own, like, energetic magnetism, you know? Right, where you have to draw people in. And you actually said something in regards to that love list, because you gave me a twofer in a way, because I was thinking about <laughs> the love list, and when you had said that your client had said that he met everything on the love list, even... Mm-hmm some of the things that I would have been willing to give up, which was going to be my question. Because mm-hmm. one thing I've noticed with some people is that they meet someone who's wonderful. And let's say mm-hmm. they, that person is 95% mm-hmm. <laughs> of what mm-hmm. they want. <laughs> but they're I like, no, nope, it's not 100%. I think I, <laughs> I, was gonna say, I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> 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 and you know what? That's the thing about the love list is like it's not like somebody um it's basically an order to the universe. Right? It's you being so crystal clear about what will make you happy in a partner 
and what you have to offer a partner that you're calling it into reality, you know. Because the weird thing about the universe is, like, it doesn't care what you meant. It's like a computer, right? It cares what you said. It does not care what you meant. So I've had people write love lists and forget to say, like, and he is a human male, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and attract, like, <laughs> I'm not even joking with you, attract pets that match all the qualities that they listed. And it's like the universe, it, people people want to uh, say it like, well, the universe has a sense of humor. It's not so much that it has a sense of humor. It's like we get what we ask for, but we're really bad at asking because we're not clear and we ask from um, places uh, of um, pain or we ask from uh, through the filter of what we can see or the filter of what we think is possible for us or what we think is possible for someone like me or what we think is possible based on what we've been able to have before, you know? So those are the things we have to heal before we ask because we're going to get what we asked for. And then a lot of times what I find is, like, people, once they manifest the thing that they asked for, they get mad and they're like, it didn't work. But then if you go back and look at the love list, it did work. You just didn't ask for that thing. I had somebody um, who manifested this amazing partner, but his parents were really racist. Oh. And I and I asked her on her love list, did you say on your love list um, that his parents are loving people, that um, I am a favorite in his family and he is a favorite in my family? Did you put your spiritual beliefs about, you know, I believe uh, in the integrity of all people and so does my partner? Like, did you address these different areas? And she was like, no, I just wanted to do it, you know, I did it really fast based on a video on YouTube. And I'm like... We gotta stop crowdsourcing our our deepest healing needs. Like it, it's you know it, it's an important the loveless is an important tool. It works, um, but it also the intention of it is sacred because the intention of it is to teach us to be better manifestors, to teach us to be clear and to manifest with intention. But the thing about the ninety five percent and like rejecting somebody because of the five percent. I've actually found with the people that I I work with, with the, the amazing women that I work with, I've usually found that the person who they bring in first matches like 80% of their love list. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing about that is that then they look at the other 20% and now they can ask themselves, are these things really important to me? Or are they just things that I thought I needed to have in a partner? And maybe they decide, yeah, these are really important things to me. And then maybe they release that person and they bless them and they they send them love and, you know, they do that in a really gentle and um, respectful way, you know. And then that person, that doesn't have to be a giant, big, traumatic blow-up. They can release someone and have it not be traumatic and then have someone new come in. I had um, one of my clients, she put down, she wanted, like, um, the her previous partner didn't like to talk. And she loved to talk. Like, she would ask him questions and, and try to have conversations with him. And she'd be like, how was your day? And he would be like, fine. And she's like, well, what? Um, you know what I mean? It's like that where you just, they just kind of stonewall you. Like, you're not get, they're not giving you anything. <laughs> you know, you're trying to have a conversation. <laughs> and they're just like, how are you? Good. <laughs> you <know>? Okay. <laughs> what did you do over the weekend? Nothing. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> you're not giving me anything. So she, well, her partner had been like that. What were you saying? 
Oh, no, I was going to ask something because this is the thing with personality. So, And I'm curious when you're working with people, do you ever incorporate into your analysis people's astrological signs? Um, I do in the way that I am working with them if I can see that they are a very strong whichever the sign is. But the thing for me is, like, I'm a Gemini, but I do really deep energetic work, and I've never read a description of Gemini that resonated with me. Yeah, you probably have a water sign somewhere in your chart. (laughs) Probably Cancer or Pisces or Scorpio, but I'm I'm guessing probably Pisces. (laughs) I'm sure that I do, (laughs) because I'm like, there's no way, like, it, the, the when they whenever they describe like the duplicity or the what like that's not me. Some of the elements like um, being able to speak well on a number of topics, okay. Being able to be interested in two things at the same time, absolutely. You know those things. But whenever they talk about like um, tricky and duplicitous and manipulative, I'm like, no, that's not me. You know, and I have issues with like um, I've done a lot of shadow work, so I'm able to like I I know where my areas are that like when I'm not in alignment, I know what that looks like and feels like to me. And I'm like, okay, I got some deeper work to do here because I'm not, this is not the me that I need to be showing up as, you know. But, um, yeah, Geminis are very, very intelligent people. I always tell people Geminis have a mind like a steel trap when it comes to (laughs) a Gemini, which I was supposed to be a Gemini, actually. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I was a month late. I was oh, a month late. I, well, I was supposed to be cancer. born at the end of May, and I was born at the end of June. So you're, <laughs> so. so you're Cancer then, right? Yes, I'm a Cancer with the Aries rising, so I'm a double cardinal. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, like, so you can, so it can be oh really, really good, or it can be really, really bad. <laughs> Well, that explains about the uh, the episode I was listening to where you were talking about the legal issues and how you were like, no, 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 this is not how this is going to go down. I'm tired of dealing with this. You were going to deal with my lawyers. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's, I that's received the, the part. <laughs> yeah, I received the confirmation email actually from my attorneys. They're like, okay, we sent out the letter. I'm like, all right, good. And they have 10 yeah. days to reply and all that stuff. But, yeah, one thing about cancers, and I'll say that, is that we usually go with the flow in in relationships. And my ex consent, he's an Aquarius, and he didn't like how I didn't always take charge. That was his uh, thing, that he likes people to take charge and yeah. make decisions and do this and do that. And I'm just like, dude, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, I'm happy. And then also yeah. being Aquarius and air sign, Usually air signs like to talk and communicate. So me, I'm not always big on communication, even though if you get me, if I get to know you, then, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start talking a mile a minute. But yeah. usually the day by day, I don't have much to say. I'm more of the listener Yeah, is, is what I am. And it drove him crazy because he's like, well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Do you ever talk? And I'm like, yeah, but I, I'm I'm just going with the flow, you know. Yeah, and he's like, want to talk? He wants to talk about like big ideas and big concepts and stuff like that. My husband is an is an Aquarius, and it's like when um, like when you were asking, do I use 
um, the astrological signs in the work with the clients, the the answer really is like if they lead with that, then it, then they're like if they mention to me, oh, and by the way, I'm a Virgo. I'm like, oh, that means uh, you not only know about your astrological sign, but it read the description resonates with you. Like you're giving me a piece of your personality that is that you've confirmed. Like it resonates with you. So yes, you know, in that case, I would. Um, but if it's just like if if I'm working with somebody, because like I said, the, so many of the of the clients that I work with are very, very, like, intellectual. And so it's a little bit for them to go to, like, if I bring up an astrological sign, they're like, this might be too woo-woo for me. But if I talk about Myers-Briggs personality types or if I talk about the Enneagram, they're like, oh, okay, that's like, um, that seems like it makes more sense to them and they'd rather connect based on that kind of a profile. And so it's really like it's fine with, with me. Um, it, it gives me a little bit of information about how they see themselves that is helpful for me because then I understand what, what they're going to, um, like if they're, this is what it's going to look like for them when they're stressed out or this is going to be what it looks like for them when they have a breakthrough or they might be angry and not show it as anger in the way I'm thinking, you know, because they're this particular personality type or, you know, um, this is how, um, uh, this this is um, like an area of their life that might that they might put more focus on than someone else would, you know, based on what their personality type is. So sometimes it's really helpful as as a um, as a personality profile, but only if they like if they self identify as that. Yeah, some people shy away when they start hearing astrology. My mother is one of those people. She's like, I don't believe in it because I'm a Scorpio and your daddy's a Sagittarius. And it says that we're not supposed to be together and we've been together for almost 50 years and blah, 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 <laughs> and all this stuff. But She's like, she, I have a bone to pick with astrology. <laughs> yeah, it's just, but the thing is, is that she is a true Scorpio, though. And with mm-hmm. astrology, I always tell people, it's, it's statistics. That's all it is. Because sure. that's like when they say, well, if a child is raised in a single parent home, this or this or this may happen. It's not saying that sure. it will happen. It's sure. saying that it is a possibility because of this. Yeah. Same thing with astrology. If you are born between this date and this date, you may have these characteristics. If you're a cancer, you may be a little bit shy. As well, you may be a little bit nurturing to people. You might be an empath and so on and so forth. Um, You can be moody, which I I can be very (laughs) moody. Um, But 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 also (laughs) self-aware. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but that's exactly why I I was curious if you ever took astrology into play with that. But it seems like you have a a very good breakdown as to what is needed to bring love into your client's life. Have you had situations where your clients were like, okay, it didn't work out and they were willing to try again or or they just decided I'm not going to do it again? Well, I like to tell people that, you know, when I, when I went back and looked at all the data, because since I did come from an academic kind of background. I was like, all right, I want to look and see, because I know that this is making changes for people, but it, what was, what's, um, like, what's the success rate of what I'm doing? And what I found was that within three to six months of us working together, 87% of my clients were in happy, healthy, committed relationships. 
So then I started focusing on like, yeah. So then, and part of it was like, um, I started there first and I said, okay, so what am I consistently doing with all these clients? And I realized that it, it broke down into this formula that was these five different parts. And the first part was healing. It was really deep healing work. Most of that had to do with releasing exes or releasing old family patterns of relating because your mom and your dad are your number one and your number two that teach you what love is supposed to be and what you deserve, right? So right. we dug deep into that with the healing, and that would be the first thing. And other things would sometimes come up, but we would always start with that as the basis. And then the second part of the formula that we would do was the clarity. That was the love list. That was the visioning and, like, what does love look like to you? Um, and creating, like, a, a vision that you could use to, that feels good to manifest from and then the third part of it was self-love, and it was really deep self-love and anchoring it, anchoring it into their lives in different ways. And then the fourth part of it was ritual, because the ritual is what marks, you know, it's like ritual is what um, marks the end of one thing and the beginning of another thing. Like ritual is what honors your deepest intentions. So ritual was next. And part of that is that I would draw from you know, my healing legacy, and I would do soul calls for my clients to actually um, connect with them in energy to do a, a love manifesting ritual to bring this other person into their life. And then the last step that I would do is something that not a lot of people do or talk about, but it involves, um, if, if you talk, like, we've all heard this before if you've been in any kind of community that talks about manifesting but it always, it, there's nothing sexy about this, so people don't dive into it. <laughs> but it's like this, the idea of releasing your attachment to the results. So we've heard that, but it sounds stupid because we're like, if I really want that thing, why would I now pretend I don't want that thing? How, how does that even work? But the thing about releasing the attachment to the result, it, that's not actually what we're doing. It's just a, a weird way of wording it that a lot of, like, um, law of attraction gurus have kind of come up with. But what we're really doing is we are um, – I love the way that Louise Hay talks about it. She talked about it like um, – she said, if you place an order at a restaurant, um, then when the, the server goes back into the kitchen, you don't jump up and run after them and keep asking them if it's done and, like, make sure – you know what I mean? Like, you don't follow them into the kitchen, <laughs> you know? She's like, you continue your conversation, <laughs> you know, casually at the table with your friends, and then you know that the big chefs are working on it. So it's like what I – I think I that is something that might be related to from – in, I guess, with tarot and so forth, divine timing. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's such a great the, – the thing about tarot that's so um, – and anything where you are um, connecting to get higher-level guidance for a client, like the way that I see it is the divine is where healing comes from, and then right below that there's a level of energy that's the astral level, and that's where medical intuitives work and psychics work and um, everybody who does um, – Everybody who gets information, but not necessarily a specific healing, is usually going from the astral level. Like, that's where our, you know, ancestors are and stuff like that. And then there's the human level. So it's like we've got these three levels of energy with these specific energy signatures. And when you work, you're working at the divine level for healing work, sometimes it's really helpful to still get information from the astral level about, like, what your next steps might be or confirming that there are, 
um, that there's actual progress being made in your life. It's like that can be super um, affirming for people and help them stay on course because what happens if you, if you, um, if you, like we're always getting answers to prayers that we forgot we even made, right? We're like always getting these answers. And a lot of times we don't recognize them. But when you recognize that you're making the progress, I call these, I, I call it signs of land, right? It's like, um, Florence Scovel Shin was this metaphysical teacher in the late 1900s. And she, uh, she was the one who, who started that term, signs of land, because it's like when sailors are out on the ocean and they can't see the land, if you see birds, you know you're close to land still because birds have to live on land, right? So they would see the birds and they'd know that they were close to land, even if they couldn't see the land anywhere. Correct. So with, so with my clients, I talk about signs of land because it's like there are things that source tells you, that the universe tells you, that your guides can tell you, that your ancestors can share with you that you can just see or, or other things that you can just see in your in objective reality during the normal course of your day that are a confirmation that you are moving toward your manifestation and that real progress is being made. But if when you see it, you negate it and dismiss it and you go, well, that's just a coincidence or, oh, this totally random thing happened. I have had so many of my clients are like, you're never going to believe it. This totally random thing happened. And I'm like, please stop talking so much doubt. Stop seeking so much doubt over the manifestation you've been working so hard to create. Like, it wasn't random. It's a specific response to the work that you have done. And you need to acknowledge it and give gratitude for it and look in the mirror and say, thank you, thank you, thank you to yourself and say, I love you, I love you, I love you, because that acknowledging those signs of land is how you reinforce that you are a powerful manifester. So, like, when we get to that last part of, like, releasing the attachment, it's really about signs of land because it's very easy for people to go from the excitement, because when we just did the ritual part and the full call part, you can feel the shift in the energy. It feels tingly, it feels electric. You feel like it's right, just out of reach, but it's on its way it's very, it's a very exciting feeling. It's almost like waiting for your date at the restaurant. You know that they're coming and you're just like looking forward to it and you feel really good. And you're manifesting from this energy of, I'm so excited it's going to happen. But then if a couple weeks go by and you don't see any signs of land or there were signs of land that you ignored, then your energy starts to be like, what if it doesn't happen for me? And now you're manifesting from a fear that it won't happen instead of from a, a joyful expectancy of it happening. Right, with it slowing down and speeding up, because if you're manifesting from fear, then whatever was on its way towards you starts to slow down. But if yeah. you're manifesting from a place of joy and happiness, then more than likely it will arrive sooner. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you'll enjoy what's already in your life more. You'll cultivate a gratitude for what's already in your life right now. Wow, and the sun seems to be shining brighter when you said that. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking outside. I mean, the sun's always shining in Los Angeles, but, for the, right. <laughs> but it seems to be brighter for some reason. <laughs> I was doing some energy work with a client in London, and just as soon as we finished the full call, she was right up the street from Westminster Abbey, and the, the wedding bells started to ring in Westminster Abbey. 
<laughs> she was wow. Like, and she's like, I've worked here for years, and I never hear those bells ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, this has been an amazing conversation. Now, let me, before as, as we're wrapping up, because I know it's, it's close to time, how would someone get in touch with you? Obviously, I will put, for those, my listeners of the podcast, I will put the contact details in the description section. However, <laughs> while I have you on the phone, <laughs> it would be great if you could also make it known how to best reach you. Well, absolutely. So there are a couple of ways to work with me. I have uh, two different online programs for people that like to do self-study kinds of stuff. Um, one is about healing from heartache, and that's called the Overnight Heartache Cure. And they can find that at overnightheartachecure.com. Another is I took my five-part formula that I use with my private one-on-one -on -one clients, and I put it into a DIY self-paced course. And it's called the Soul Love Method. So they can find that at soullovemethod.com. And my client liaison for people that want to invest in working one-on-one, -on -one, um, my client liaison can be reached at soullovecall.com. So you can book a session with her. Um, and she can talk to you about whether this program is a, a good fit for you and if the investment works for you and that kind of a thing. Okay, perfect. And I'm, so, and I'm on the other stuff, you know. I'm on Instagram. I'm on the gram. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've got my website is carissamontjuice.com. You can go there and poke around, you know. Um, and I have a YouTube channel as well. All right, awesome. Well, I will have all of that stuff in the description section. And I don't know why. It's overnight Heartache. OvernightHeartacheCure.com. Sure, dot com. Mm -hmm. It's a healing program that uses audio to address the five big wounds that are left behind after a breakup. So wow. it helps to clear, yeah, it helps to clear out anger, it helps to clear out shame, it helps to clear out um, confusion, it helps to deal with grief, to soothe grief, and it helps to heal the fear that it's going to happen over and over again that keeps you paralyzed, you know, from being able to move forward. Yeah, because some people, they have post-traumatic stress syndrome, where if from a previous relationship, if they've dealt, if the person was a liar, and then yes. they're thinking, oh, well, if I'm going into this new one, I'm going to have to pull the receipts every single time. Oh, you said yep. you went there? Okay, well, I need proof. <laughs> yep, yep, and then they end up creating that situation, right? They're, they're, they're just attracting more and more, you know, um, it's like if you're grieving when you start dating, you're going to attract more people who give you things to grieve about, you know. So it's like you, you need to clear those things out and then date, and it will go much more smoothly, and you'll be much happier with the results. Okay. Excellent. Well, I will have all of this in the description section along with all of your other information. <laughs> Thank and you. Carissa, it has truly been a pleasure. I'm, I'm glad that this was the first conversation. I'm sure my listeners will enjoy this conversation. I hope so. I hope you it's helpful for them. Gave a lot of wonderful information. 
And maybe if if you're not too busy sometime later on, I can have you back on the show sometime. I would love to come back on the show sometime. And you're in L.A. and I'm in Orange County, and I don't see any reason why we can't get together and have a three-hour lunch sometime. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just going to put that out there. I know that you're a busy person. I'm just saying. (laughs) We're not that far away. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, if you're in the O.C., I I could see something happening where I could (laughs) come down there. I have to be careful because the ex that I told you about, Oh. Lives in Orange County. <laughs> well, maybe we can meet. We can meet in Long Beach. Long Beach is not is 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 better, like neutral. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's kind of Long Beach is good. <laughs> oh, that would be perfect. We'll go ahead and work something out for that. And um, definitely, thank you for taking the time to come on the Keeping It Real with Casey podcast and do the first segment of the conversation. With Thank you. I'm, it's been a blast. Thank oh, you for having me. Awesome. Well, I hope to speak to you very soon again. Yes, that would be great. A huge thank you to everyone who listened to this Conversations with KC episode. It was such a pleasure speaking with Carissa earlier today. I'm actually adding in this audio part after the interview. And I must say it was amazing. I laughed so much. I haven't laughed this much in a while. And and that's the crazy thing about it is that it opened my eyes on some other things in regards to happiness, energy, love, and and what have you. And, And that is why I like having conversations with people. And I like letting people lead the conversation because I can learn more about them and also see what they think about things. And this, for this being the first segment, the first episode for the conversations with Casey, I am over the moon with how well it went So thank you again to Carissa Montooth. I really, really appreciate it. Carissa, we will definitely do lunch. You have my word on that as I, as we, we talked a little bit after the the interview was over with, but yeah, we will definitely do lunch in Long Beach (laughs) or I can come to the OC. No, it's no big deal. And I look forward to having other people come on the podcast and do a conversation with KC. Again, KIRWKC.com is the main podcasting platform. This podcast is carried on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Overcast, Bullhorn, Amazon Music, Audible, and several other podcasting platforms. Please feel free to continue listening to this podcast on whatever platform is best for you. K-I-R-W-K-C on all the social media platforms. Until next time, be blessed.